He's got some. Uh, he's got some rhymes to drop. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. I'm interested in this new Royal Blood track too. That's like a band that doesn't get enough exposure, I believe. Like they're really good. You always hear people say, "Ah, music today it sucks. Everything sucks now." But Royal Blood is actually very, very good. Um, it's just. And my boss is going to get mad. Rock stations do a piss poor job of exposing you to new rock bands. We do. It's, I don't know why, but it, there's something going on in the industry. And it's like we rely on what stuff we know for sure you like versus taking the risk of exposing you to something maybe you won't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of companies don't want to take that risk. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a least. Uh, what do I want to say? You, you want to go with the lowest common denominator. Yeah, oh yeah. Times and- it's it's just one of those things. People have no time for the unfamiliar anymore, and it's always kind of been true in the radio industry. And you'd always like like you know let a song kind of break, and then you then you'd start hammering it home. But like we do, we do we do a bad job of exposing you to new rock, especially when you consider um, the demographic that you're looking at. If you're looking for older guys, I mean, they're the least likely of anyone to like something new. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's a uh, it's it's a I don't know it's a balancing act for rock stations, I guess. And I, I guess you can make the argument that sometimes they let it get out of balance there. Yeah, and so Royal Blood's a band I like. Now, as I'm promoing the hell out of this, <laughs> they're probably going to release a song that's not very good. But like they were, they opened up for Queens of the Stone Age the other night right. at that show. I and they were awesome. They were very, very good. And I haven't heard a lot of this this second album. I like the first album quite a bit, though. It's still in my CD player, as a matter of fact. Nine o'clock, New Turk Tuesday. Yeah, we'll check that out. How you doing, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. I can't complain. Well, actually, I will complain a little bit. Yesterday, man, there's a part of me. I was just like, dude, I got to get out of this neighborhood. Me and my girlfriend, we uh, moved. Do you just move there? We moved, like, I don't know, six months ago at this point. And, like, I'm very happy in the house. Like, moving out of an apartment into a house was a great decision. I, I don't regret that. But there's just times that neighborhood, dude, I'm like, good God, people. Number one, there's just trash just skewing throughout the streets at all times. Yeah, there is. I'm always like, dude, like you live here too. I understand, like Man, you, people don't care. I understand, like you rent, therefore you're not going to invest money into your home. I get that. I, I 100. Like, what do I expect you to put new siding up because you rent a home? No. Sure, no, do yeah, don't your, do that. Do I expect your landlord to do that? No, they're trying to maximize the money that they make. And like, okay, but like, dude, if there's garbage in the streets of where you live, pick up some of the GD garbage, dude. It just just boggle my mind. But so. Yesterday, I'm sitting out in my backyard, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's a beautiful day. Like, you got to enjoy this this late push of warmth in the summertime. So I'm sitting back there, and I'm reading a book. And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting there reading a book, just being smart. But I'm sitting back there reading a book. And so it's probably 3, 3.30, and I think, like, the school buses are getting off. So these kids walk down the alley that I'm, like, my backyard's on. And as they're walking past me, they kind of look at me, and they stop talking. And it's these three boys, probably 12, 13 years old. And they kind of stop talking and look at me and as soon as they get past the next garage the one kid yells out effing nerd and i'm like dude screw you 12 year old like screw you so i'm like you know what am i gonna do am i gonna chase down a 12 year old and beat him up for calling me a nerd no in like three years you're gonna give him your money for food (laughs) and i'm just like i'm like screw you kid so later in the evening dude me and my girlfriend were sitting there i don't know watching a rerun of seinfeld or something and we hear this commotion outside and we're like all right what's going on out there kind of peek out the peek out the blinds and there's like this group of young teenage girls probably four or five of them standing yelling at this house like three or four houses down so we open up the door and like go out on the front porch and as we go out there the mom from inside the house comes screaming out dude with a cigarette hanging off of her lip get the f out of my lawn blah 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 i just look 
I just look at my girlfriend and I'm like, dude, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> like, well, what, okay. What are we doing? So when I first moved here, they showed me a million houses up there. Like, and and I said to the woman showing me houses, I was like, no. And she's like, well, what are you looking for? And I said, a place I'd be willing to live. A little more peace and quiet. <laughs> like, I was like, lady, no. Like, I'm sorry. Like, th- this isn't happening. Now, there was a part of me that was like, well, dude, it's both situations were teenagers. Like, middle school to high school age kids. No matter where you go, you're getting those. Right. And they're always going to be a trouble. They're always going to yell, you know, you effing nerd. Because, you know, and like, right. all these different things are going to happen in other neighborhoods. But there was just a part of me yesterday that's like, dude, what am I doing here? I yeah. got to get out of here. See, that's exactly why I don't move. Right there. Like, I want to get out of my apartment. I, 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 I've I been motivated to try to get out of my apartment. Right. And I've driven by some houses that I've seen online for, like, a decent, like, rental price. And then I get over there and I'm like, oh, well, no wonder it's this much. I, Look at who the neighbor is. I mean, when, when you consider that when I lived downtown, I lived number one on Rex and number two on Shorb. Yeah, and that's like, brutural. But, like, those were much quieter, more peaceful neighborhoods. Like, I, I felt like that was never an issue. Like, it was never like. My neighborhood's super quiet. That's And, I mean, that's what I was going to say is that there's just not as many people living down there. And Especially maybe, in the winter. Once you, start getting, once you start getting houses on top of houses and kids and all that, like, I guess it just turns into more problems, more trash, more. More, more, more people yelling nerd at you. But yeah, still, I'm saying put. Yeah, dude. Yesterday there was just a part of me. I'm like, dude, God, I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go to North Canton. What am I doing right now? I remember like the first house they showed me. I forget where exactly it was, but they. I remember like the woman. You know, we drove separately, and I drive behind her, and I right. pull into the into the driveway, and she's like, "So what do you think?" I was like, "Well, we haven't been inside yet." And but I look to the left of me, and the guy's got like seven cars in the driveway. Four of them you can tell haven't like run since the eighties, and then a, like a wall of trash. So and it, she it, said, "What do you think?" I said, "I think I don't want to live next to like Sanford and Son." What are you talking about? It wasn't seven cars. Like, yo, dude, I'm so rich, I have seven cars. It was, no, yo, dude, I'm so poor, I have seven cars. I'm gonna make one car <laughs> out of these seven cars, and I was just like, "Lady, I can't live next to somebody like that. I can't do that." Like, a probably listens to the radio station. Yeah, Sure. A little too much, for sure. right? So, so there's going to be that. Don't want that. And I, dude, yeah, you know what? Every time I hear you tell me a story about where you live, I'm just like, you know what? I got a gated parking lot. I got a nice apartment. You know, there's only three people, including me, that live in my building. Like, I got it pretty good. Maybe I shouldn't be looking to get out of here. I was going to say, dude, it just at least don't come over on the southwest side. No, that's well. That's the part of downtown where I'm at. But yeah, no, no, no. That's the like again, like the like the third house they showed me was up near the hospital. And I was like, oh, okay, well, and then my, I called my brother, and my brother's like, Daniel, did you forget? Did you fall down and hit your head? In no city in America do you want to live near the hospital. No, no. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know what? That, that's, that's fair. That's probably true. My thought was, I was like, well, dude, it's not like you're buying a house back Right. No, 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 no. I get that. Under no stretch of the imagination when I go back there and be like, all right, I'm buying a house. I was like, well, dude, you're renting. You know, it's not that bad. You've lived downtown for the past four years. Like, where, How bad going right, to be? What is this southwest side neighborhood going to do to you? And honestly, yesterday, I was just like, oh, my God. Dude, so are you going to move? Here? I no, no. What am I going to do? Move? I got another six months on my lease, and what am I going to do? Move just because some thirteen-year-old boy yelled I was a nerd yesterday? I can't, can't be doing that. That'd be pretty shook, <laughs> right? You know what right, I mean? That'd be right. that. That'd be pretty snowflakey. It's, not, out it's of you. not like there was a murder. It's not like there was like a break-in or anything like that. It's just some kid called me a nerd, and I got upset about. You hear it. that? Fantos just waiting for a murder <laughs> or a break-in. So just head up there, kick his door in, and then maybe he'll move. That I mean, do that. What a weird bar that yeah, is. Yeah. What uh, what's the story with you, buddy? What's so going on? I uh, I have been invited to play golf today by uh, by a very important member of uh, of our company, okay. like very important. Okay. 
And uh, so she said, hey, I got like you and like three clients I want to take and we're going to go play some golf today. So like yesterday, I was like, all right, go to the driving range and make sure what happened to you Saturday afternoon doesn't happen to you. I played great for seven holes and all of a sudden eight and nine, I just completely like lost the swing. Right. And dude, if I hit the ball even half as well today as I did yesterday in the range, I'm going to love it. Yeah, all you got to do is not make a fool out of yourself. And I think most golfers know that sometimes that just happens, right? Yeah, it just comes on. Now, when that happens, and let's say you're playing in this foursome, and, you know, let's say the important person within the company just starts whiffing on it, just starts, can't, can't, she can't hit a straight shot to save her life. You looking down your nose? or like, no, is, no, no, no. Is it like a pity thing at that point? Like, how, how do golfers handle that? With you just kind of stand behind them and just kind of look and go, uh, hey, it's one of those things where you're like, Oh God! I hope it's not contagious. It's it probably yeah, makes like, you even more nervous, right? Because now you got three people staring at you, like, and you're like, "Son of a bitch! I can do this." I, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it. Uh, it's one of those things where every other golfer will look on and be like, hey, "Man, that sucks." <laughs> Sorry to see that. So, like, I just hope I don't have to go first. You know what I mean? I don't want to hit the first ball. Right. But uh, I mean, honestly, dude, I spent. I mean, it was probably about an hour and a half, two hours yesterday in the driving range, just hitting like every club in the bag, and I hit them all great. It's a business expense, dude. You got to get ready for that meeting. Like I, 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 I pured them all. I was very, very happy. Again, seven forty-five will give you uh, hooked up with those breaking Benjamin tickets. And then nine o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday, the weekend, Montgomery Gentry, and then Royal Blood, and then locally. CJ, I guess, is, is is that guy's name. It's uh, That's an amateur rapper. I'm guaranteeing you, you're going to want to hear that. Probably, I'm just going to be honest with you, you probably voted turd out of me. So we'll find out at 9 o'clock. More Sandsbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 745, we'll send you to see Breaking Benjamin at the House of Blues. And then 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. New The Weekend, Montgomery Gentry, Royal Blood, newer rock band. It's damn... Damn, pretty good. I believe they're working on their second record. I have their first album. I haven't heard a lot of the second record. The first album was really, really good, and they actually put on a really good live show the other night before Queens of the Stone Age. They were excellent. So I'm interested to hear that song. I have good news for Johnny Manziel fans. Remember all those people who were telling me I was an idiot because Johnny Manziel was going to like light up the league like Vegas or whatever the hell it was, and I was the first one out there, the first one out there telling you the kid couldn't play professional football. Well, good news. He's coming back to professional football. Apparently, he worked out for the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the Canadian Football League back in mid-August. Reportedly did not impress, but they're saying the dual-threat quarterbacks could still sign with a CFL team, and it might not be long before he does. And uh, and I get it. Like, if you're a Canadian football team, what you want to do is sell tickets. Yeah, 100% you're going to sign. And him. so if you just tell people, hey, this guy played quarterback in the NFL, now all of a sudden they're going to be interested in it. He's still got enough of a name with football fans. I, I mean, would think. Yeah, I mean, I think there's more than enough, uh, you know, left in that tank in, in the celebrity, or at least not the celebrity, but like the star power to him, yeah. And this is exactly where he should go. The Canadian Football League is exactly where Johnny Menzel's talent lies. That's exactly who he is. He was never a pro-style quarterback. He was never that. You're going to see this this year with Lamar Jackson out of Louisville. Like Everybody's talking about how Lamar Jackson isn't being respected enough. Well, I watched the last game at 
he couldn't throw from the pocket. That's why. If you can't throw from the pocket, NFL teams aren't really going to be interested in you. It's just the way it is. No, and you know, with that or arena football, I mean, there's just a more there's more of a premium on being mobile and being able to extend yes. plays and being exciting and things like that. So, I mean, no, that seems like the most logical thing in the world for that to happen. If I were an NFL team, I would sign Colin Kaepernick before I would sign Johnny Manziel. One hundred percent, dude. That's I don't even think that's debatable. If you, I mean, honestly, if 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 you are debating that, like that's on you. Like, of course, Kaepernick's a better quarterback. Yeah, I think that. at that point, it's just you just don't like Cap and what he stands for. And I had said a couple of weeks ago that I felt like I knew where Kaepernick should go, and everybody like again freaked out. And I said before I said it, I think it's crazy. And that people weren't going to think it was a good idea because of where it was. But I felt like the New York Giants is the perfect place to put Colin Kaepernick. The Eli Manning thing looks like it might be over. Like, their offensive line's no good. Eli's looking what his age is. And Eli's always kind of been Eli. Like, I've never seen a guy win two Super Bowls and have people still feel like, eh, I mean, we got Eli Manning. I think I, I, think I read this morning, he's the, um, uh, the eighth quarterback in reception overall reception yards and still he's just unbelievably eh. like he's just like a top, a top 10 passing quarterback of all time and still just like meh. there was a once upon a time he was the best fourth quarter quarterback in the league now that's not true anymore but there was a time where he was the best fourth quarter quarterback in the league but now his coach has come out and like ripped him apparently like a, a listener of ours sent me this where apparently he took a, like a delay of game penalty last night, and he's furious about it. Ben McAdoo is. Now, there were a lot of problems with their offense. They scored 10 points on Detroit. So there was obviously some, which Detroit's more offense than defense. So they've there's, there's obviously some issues. But I think you put Colin Kaepernick right here. I think you put him with the New York Giants. And I said the day I said it, this was like a week and a half ago, that their offensive line is bad, and so when it breaks down, you get the mobility of Kaepernick, and you have the transformative ability of Odell Beckham Jr., and then next thing you know, you're making plays with those two guys. I think it's the perfect fit. I know people are going to say, no, we protested, and it's New York City, which is, again, why I think New York's the right place to put him, because it's a big enough city to where there's going to be enough people who agree with him. If I were the Cleveland Browns, honestly, as, as, as a guy who's been anti-Cap, I would call Kaepernick right now. Yeah, I mean the re- But the problem is is that the organization's not stable and I don't think this region deals with his politics. And you've well, I mean you've already committed yourself to Deshaun Kaiser for the year, so I feel like Yeah, but he's gonna get hurt. I, I feel like at that point You're gonna get that kid hurt. You might as well just go with Kevin Hogan then. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna you're not looking for somebody to I don't think Colin Kaepernick's the building blocks of the future, no matter where he no, goes. No, no. You're looking for somebody who can step in and win you games today. I don't think the Browns need Colin Kaepernick. You know what I mean there? Like yeah, but we went through six quarterbacks last year, so depending on two this year seems short-sighted to me. You know what I mean? Like, And again, apparently now our starting quarterback has migraines and he's going to play when he wants and like things like that. I'm telling you, I, I just for as bad as our team has been and as bad as the quarterback position has been, if they said to me today, hey, we're going to sign Colin Kaepernick, I can't knock it. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I never thought he was a great quarterback. But he's better than a lot of guys who are playing backup in the league right now. Now, again, people make this argument, do we know he's willing to be a backup? It doesn't seem like he hasn't said yes or no to either one of these things. And that's going to be the next conversation. As soon as the team signs him and they don't make him the starter, you're racist because he's not the starter. And so I understand why a lot of GMs are like, you know what, dude? Kaepernick is a non-starter for me because his supporters make everything about race, whether it is or not.
And so, like, I can understand a lot of teams looking the other way and saying, you know what, dude, that's a non-starter for me. But I hear that there may be interest in Cincinnati. There were reports yesterday. Now, the, the beat reporter for the Bengals says there's absolutely no truth to the reports that Cincinnati wants Colin Kaepernick. But there were internet rumors that maybe you do. And, I mean, ever since Hugh Jackson left, Andy Dalton has looked like, well, Andy Dalton. So maybe they do call him. Yeah, there's going to be more than enough. I mean, you've got Indianapolis, you've got Cincinnati, you've got New York. There's more than enough teams. I think over Indy the course, found their their solution over over the course of a year. There's going to be more than enough teams that need somebody to step in, um, and it's definitely not going to be Johnny Manziel. We no, no, that. no. Manziel can't play professional football. He just can't. Never could. Never had it. Never had the skills to do it. I do think that you know as he's going to the Canadian Football League um, and. You know, you bring up him as a guy who was not able to translate college into pro. Um, I do think you're starting to see more and more guys who aren't able to step into the pros, which is why you're going to see that NBA. Or I'm sorry, the NFL um, developmental league. I feel like it's just like college football is not doing the job that it once was. They don't have any opportunities. You're not allowed in, to practice, right? They don't have any opportunities in like an arena football to get guys. That's why I don't think the developmental league will do anything either. They're going to have the same rules. Like you got to let these guys practice. You got to make them go to OTAs. You got to let them do two a days. But no, the concussion, the fake concussion stories have stopped all of this stuff. And that's why the players love the concussion stories. They love that because they got what they wanted. They got to keep all their money and now they don't have to practice. Nowhere near as much. And that's why honestly the first two weeks of NFL football looked like honestly like seventh grade football. It's why it looked so poor. It's why there were as many blowouts as there were. It just, dude, the product is suffering. And I had been wrong on the numbers. I had thought that the entire ratings decline was about the presidential election, but through the first two weeks of this season, the ratings are down. And it's because the play is sloppy and it does not look like a professional product. And it's because most of these teams, like we, are rushing a quarterback out on the field before he should be. It's crazy. It's crazy. But Manziel's going to be back in college football, which means he'll OD on drugs probably, I don't know, six, nine months right after that. I know that sounds heartless, but how many chances do we need to give Johnny Manziel before we figure out who Johnny Manziel really is? I don't need any more chances. I was the one out there telling you from the very beginning who Johnny Manziel was. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Kicks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studes with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 745, we'll send you to see Breaking Benjamin up at the House of Blues in Cleveland. I believe that's October 7th is when that show is. We'll get you into that at 745. 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. You get new music from The weekend, new Montgomery Gentry, new Royal Blood, all part of that. And then locally, a rapper named CJ will take a listen to his song as well. It was about a week ago. I told you a story about how my mom was coming out of the BMV in Las Vegas. With the new sticker for her license plate, and like an idiot, she put it on the wrong car. Yeah, pretty ridiculous there. And so I have a story here locally, well, somewhat locally, out of Bay Village that's honestly just as crazy, where apparently a woman came out of the grocery store, got into a car and drove it home, and then didn't realize it wasn't her car until she went to go hit like the garage door opener, and her garage door didn't open. And it turns out two white Lexuses, must be nice, were parked next to each other at the grocery store. And apparently the one woman had left her car open with the keys in it. Now, Bay Village is a nice neighborhood, yeah. 
but it's not leave your keys in the car unlocked nice. I don't know where that neighborhood is. I don't know if there's anywhere on the face of the planet where I'm like, eh, well, dude, just leave it here, right? I mean, I've never lived anywhere where I would do that. No, no. Especially in like a public place. Now, if it's your garage, that's one thing, but we're talking about like a, a parking lot. No, you can't park your car somewhere. As a matter of fact, I don't know what insurance she has, but I would think most, and now this car ended up being returned. Ladies figured out what happened and all, all the like, but I would imagine that the insurance company would be like, well, wait a minute, the keys were in the car? Yeah, we're not paying out. Yeah, I mean, like if I leave my car running at the gas station to run in to grab a bottle of water, and somebody hops in it and steals it, right? Like I'm out. I would assume there's you're at least out something. They're not just going to let you. It's the insurance company. Right. They're not just going to give right. you the money just because you, you, they, you no longer have your car. They're going to use a loophole or some reason not to pay you the money. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, I don't know what the what the legalities of that is, but that sounds right to me. I I just I don't understand why anybody would think it would be a good idea to leave your keys in your car. Terrible idea. Yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, I, I don't understand why, or like, I, I still don't feel like this is like adding up in my mind. Where you know your car, you do like, and you can have two white Lexuses next to each other, but, but you can still kind of tell, right? Right. By the time you get in your car, like, I guarantee you, and I don't get me wrong, I'm sure this, you know, you're 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 a richer, you know, they're sixty, but at the same time, you have stuff in your car, even if you keep your car really clean, you have your stuff. It's on your radio station. It's on your, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. seats where you have it. The mirrors are where you have it. And like, I just can't sign off on on this lady didn't know she well, had. To Not only that, but the one lady left her keys in the car. So you didn't think it was odd when he walked up to the car and opened the door? Although I guess if you press the key fob, one of them goes off. You think it's yours. Oh, and it's probably a keyless start. You know what I'm saying? Push button. One of those push yeah, buttons. Yeah, it probably is. Honestly, with Alexis, it probably is. Yeah, I guess. I guess that I mean that that adds up. I mean, I want to be like, how did this happen? But my own idiot mother put the sticker on the wrong car. Um, did we ever find out if that was a comparable car or what? I it? did not find okay. that out. We, I feel like that's a part of the story we need to find out about your mom. Was that thing, was it? even close or was it- I'm telling you it, she my mom is so dumb she drives like a she drives like a four-door sedan and she would have went out there and put it on Bigfoot like that's who my mom <laughs> is like my well what Daniel I just wanted to go home I'm old and I'm confused can you imagine being the husband of one of these chicks in this story you know what I'm saying I can imagine being the ex-husband <laughs> like you, of your one wife, of these chicks in the story your wife comes home and she's driving a, the wrong car like I just I can only imagine what that dude had to say explain me why women's insurance is cheaper <laughs> explain to me why like I, you know what I mean it's like one of those things yeah I don't I don't understand leaving the keys in the car though like the insurance company now granted this car wasn't stolen right but I'm telling you right now the insurance company is not going to give you the check no I, not as much I'm sure there's some way you're going to get money out of it but they're, they're I mean that's your fault it I is. don't know I bet I'm willing to I, you know if you work for an insurance company you know send me an email I want to know about that I'm willing to bet the fine print that nobody ever reads says if the keys are left in the vehicle, you are well. You're basically asking for your car to be stolen. I'm I'm just willing to bet it says that. I can see. I mean, and I've done this where I've like gone to open up the door of a comparable car to mine. Oh yeah. And I mean, I've done that, but there's no possible way that you sit down in that car and you didn't know and drive it. Right. And if if that is the case, you shouldn't be behind the wheel. You've reached the point where like you're so oblivious to what's going on in the world and what's happening that you, you that you should have your license. Revised. I agree. I've dude, I've been on that for a while now, dude. I don't understand why we just. 
just let like, you know octogenarians like get behind the wheel of a car and almost pass out and kill everybody. You ever notice why they're doing forty on the freeway? That can't be like, dude. Going too slow is as dangerous as going too fast. Like you can't do that. Like I'm for that. I'm for dude. Get all old people off the road, dude. My buddy always says he's like, you know, you're prejudiced against old people, and I don't think I am, but I I, I do have a problem with them driving and getting in the wrong car and driving all the way home. Good grief. I thought, man, I, I thought I had like, you know, memory lapses and the, the thing like that, but I've never driven the wrong car home from the store. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. You hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 1069. Nine o'clock is new tour Tuesday. New the weekend. New Montgomery Gentry. New Royal Blood, and then locally a rapper named CJ. CJ's very excited, dude. Very excited. I would imagine so. This is his big moment. I think you're gonna like it. I really do. We'll see. It's dude. It's tough. It, that's tough. Local rappers. That's tough. But maybe I will. You know, I asked the question yesterday why the Emmys are still on TV, and it turns out a lot of other people were asking that question, too. It got an 8.2 overnight rating. That's terrible. Now, they are claiming that certain districts in Florida did not report their ratings yet due to, like, Irma and, like, that kind of thing going on, but it got, like, an 8.2 overnight, which is terrible. It's actually the lowest Emmys telecast ever, and I think it's a lot of Stephen Colbert. I really do. Like, Stephen Colbert, well, first of all, like, I think it was three days before the Emmys aired, he said, if you're a Trump supporter, don't watch. Well, guess what? They didn't. And you had the worst rating ever. And I am a guy who agrees with Stephen Colbert more often than not, and yet I hate him. Like, hate's probably a strong word, but I find him to be very annoying. There, he, he is exactly what people bitch about liberals for, where he thinks just because it's his opinion that he's that much smarter than you and he talks down to you versus like explaining to you why he feels the way he does. He does. He talks down to people. And I think that a lot of America is sitting on their couch, turning on TV, going, you know what, dude, you're not that much smarter than me. And I'm sick of hearing you tell me how you are. Has his, has his late night show done well? I don't know. I've never watched that. I don't, I, I don't know. I know once upon a time it had been struggling and that's why they pulled John Stewart back into it to help him kind of like spur it. But I think like the Trump thing has kind of like skyrocketed him into because that's what happens now is that people just go watch only things that they agree with. And so now everybody that hates Trump is probably watching Colbert. But I know once upon a time, the ratings were not good. Yeah, I um, I, I don't love the dude or hate the dude. I mean, I think he would just be too much for me to watch with any like regularity. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't. I, if it's something that like pops up on my Facebook feed, like, oh, this was so funny, I'll watch it. Like, like a thirty right. second clip of like, it. All right, that's fine. But no, I'm not going to sit there and watch like an hour and a half of him on the. No, him he's on the wildly show. annoying. And I think he, as a matter of fact, I said Tina Fey should have got that job. That's who I thought should have got that job. There's a lot of people bitch about how there's not enough women in late night and that whole thing. Tina Fey is one of the funniest people in Hollywood. And I felt like she was perfect for that job. Now, she's got very close ties to NBC, which is probably one of the reasons why she wasn't considered. But I thought Tina Fey would have done a much better job. As I click on just on these ratings of the last like month, he wins every week. He does. He beats Jimmy Fallon. He beats Jimmy Kimmel. He beats, um, what's that British dude? Uh, 
James Corden, he beats all those. Oh, uh, well, James so. Corden's the worst. Yes, I mean, I'm just saying, as far as, and I mean, like, honestly. Again, I think the Trump thing is helping him. And who's still watching late night television? That's not nearly the scene that it once was. No. So I think all those dudes probably are, are, are chasing down the ghosts of their previous hosts. Um, but it seems like over the last month, at least, he's doing all right. But. Now, Media Research Center Vice President Dan Gaynor told Fox News that actors and directors get to pretend that they are important because they are doing such insightful takes on life in America when they have zero idea what life in America is like for the other 330 million people. And that is true. Is that exclusive to actors and directors or is that rich people in general? Well, nobody knows about the rich people that aren't actors and directors who don't have a platform. Okay. Nobody knows about the rich dude who lives at, at the end of the street for them. You know about the actors in Hollywood because they're on TV bitching at you. So it's probably just them for this particular conversation. He says Hollywood's not going to walk away from politics anytime soon. The left wants to force his politics into every single aspect of your life, from sports to movies to, to the food we eat. He says they won't be satisfied until we all are appropriately woke to their struggles du jour. And he's right about that. Like media and and sports and all this stuff, they won't learn their lesson until most of America walks away from it saying, dude, this isn't what I come to you for. Where are all these people going? Like, okay, I mean, like, so if, if you're losing people on one end, you've got to be gaining them on the other, right? I mean, these people are spending their entertainment dollars and their and their viewership. They're doing it somewhere. I'd like to know where that where that where that pickup is. Well, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something outside of TV entertainment. Maybe they're like, you know what, dude, we're not doing this outside anymore. Of media consumption. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you disagree with the what a lot of people cannot do is disagree with an actor and still enjoy their show. Like, you can't do that. Like, a lot of people can't do that. Like, my biggest compliment that people give me is, dude, I honestly, I disagree with you more than I agree with you, but I still listen. That's my favorite compliment. Because what it tells me is, is that you're able to listen to somebody who thinks differently than you do and not hate them. That, to me, is a lost art form in this country. We're losing that. Like, I don't really, like I said, I agree with Stephen Colbert most of the time, but I still don't watch him because I find him to be very annoying about his delivery. Yeah, I mean, the the worst, I mean, you can get yourself into quite a a predicament and quite a, a, what do I want to say, an echo chamber of if if you're just going to support things that you feel like align with you morally or politically, you're not really supporting those things for what they are. If your favorite band's your favorite band because their politics align with yours, that's wrong. Well, I mean, you're cutting yourself very short of what you could be enjoying and what you could be consuming, but I mean, people do do that. I believe in climate change, right? I talk about it on the show a lot. I believe in it. I believe it's a thing, but I don't want to turn on an award show and listen to actors talk to me about it for three hours a night. I don't. I don't want that. Walk up there, grab your award, and walk off. Thank the people who went. First of all, thank the people who made the TV show for you versus what you did was went in there and read a teleprompter for, for a couple of hours and had a camera pointed at you. So let's stop pretending you're so great at this. Other Like 75 people that nobody's ever heard of is what made that show great. You're just the person they pointed the camera at. Like, let's, like, let's get back to reality here a little bit. And at the end of the day, like, I don't, I don't care. I, I just, so, like, I, I said this yesterday, like, what, like, it, all people do is talk to me about how everybody's cutting the cord. So why are we still having award shows patting yourself on the back for the TV shows you make? 
And he also said, he's like, look, it's also the shows th- that get nominated in this stuff. He's like, the most of America doesn't watch The Handmaid's Tale. And I, you know, I want to watch it, but I haven't seen it. He's right. He's like, the, the, the biggest show that people like, watch and interact with that was on the Emmys and listed in the Emmys and won an Emmy was Saturday Night Live, which, again, I don't watch. But he said most of these shows, people aren't watching these shows. Um, yeah, I think you can make that argument with a lot of award shows where it's like, but should it just be like based on consumption? And I mean, at that point, there wouldn't be, you know what I'm saying? Like the number one show, Big Bang Theory would win everything. You know what I'm saying? Just with hands across the board, NCIS yeah. would be your winner. And like, well, then what are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, those, I mean because those are the shows people are watching. It is like the, the Law and Orders, the NCIS is like, that's what, that's what America watches. Right. And I mean, I'm not trying to, but like, I mean, I would assume that more people on a weekly basis are watching Monday Night Raw than, you know, the Handsmaid Tales. But for like, sure. But like, I mean, should that does that mean that Monday Night Raw deserves that? I mean, no. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like it to be what America's consuming. But then again, I don't I, like I wouldn't watch an award show anyway. Like no matter right. what you do to an award show, I'm not going to watch it. But there are people who are diehard, diehard award show watchers and they're not watching it. They're not. You can't have the all-time worst rating of it ever and tell me that what you're doing is the right way to do it. No, I, yes, I, I think you, you, know can, I mean? you, can't, you can't deny on that one. These people have got to start to put their politics away. ESPN has to do it. Look at the, what's happening to ESPN and their ratings. you got to put your politics away. Not everyone agrees. I'm, I, dude, I've been on this since it was just the presidential election. There are people in your life who voted for Trump who will vote for him again who tell you that they won't because they're sick and tired of hearing you tell them that they're racist or they're bigots or they're all this stuff. I'm telling you right now, dude, you guys are going to screw around. Dude, the left is going to screw around and get this guy elected again. It's going to happen again. And you know how I know? Here's how I know. Hillary Clinton won't go away. She got her ass kicked and she won't go away, which tells you what, America? It tells you that the liberals can't get their head out of their ass and figure out they don't have a heavyweight. You got to go find the heavyweight that can take them down. Quit pushing Hillary Clinton to the front. She lost. She isn't going to win next time. But all it does is prove you did not lose your you did not learn your lesson by getting your ass kicked in the election and you can't find the heavyweight. And until you do, pipe down about what the rest of us have to do. Look at the ratings. People are showing you they're sick and tired of being yelled at or sick and tired of being told that they're dumber than you or they're racist because they don't agree with every single thing you say. Go get me a heavyweight that can win. Because if you keep running this system, you're going to get Donald Trump elected again. And I'll remind you, I was the only person who told you, even in the primary season, that he would be the candidate. Nobody else thought he'd be the candidate, except for this guy right here. One in four men aren't doing something during one night stands, and we all need to shame them into doing it. We'll do that together as a class next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey, guys, you got Stansberry here. When I'm shopping, you know what I want? I like options. Give me some choices. I don't just want one thing. I, let me take a look at five, six, seven things, and I'll figure out what I want. And that's what I love about the Wacom Auto family. The Wacom Auto family is Stark County's largest pre-owned dealer. So when I was car shopping, I knew that's the best place to go to try to find the best options. And sure enough, the Wacom Auto family found me exactly what I was looking to drive and well within my price range and got me financed because the Wacom Auto family, being smart that they are... 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Earlier in the program, we were talking about how 
a lady walked out to a parking lot, took the wrong car home from the grocery store, and it's because the other woman had the same exact car, left her keys in her door open. And I said, if you do that, the insurance company's going to screw you over. And sure enough, Justin wrote in, says, my idiot sister had her car taken in Southern California. She left her keys in the car with it running as she ran into Starbucks. Her insurance company, he lists them here, but I won't. Her insurance company basically told her tough luck and did not give her a dime for it. Wow. I'm telling you, I, dude, it's an insurance company. Wow. They don't want to give you the money. Of course not. <laughs> and so, dude, they're going to go out of their way not to give you the money. Yeah, you. I know it's illegal, but you always see people leaving their keys in their car with their car on, you know, to warm the thing up in the winter time. And boy, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, they uh, they do hate that. Which I'm thinking about getting a remote start put on my car this year. I used to have that in one of my old cars, and I got to tell you, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know it's it bad helps. for the environment, and as again, again, as a guy who believes in climate change, that obviously plays its role. I was just telling Fantone yesterday, dude, that's who America is. We don't care, you know. What I mean, just, dude, we'll warm up our showers, we'll warm up our cars, we do whatever. I'll be dead soon. It's not going to matter anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, That's exactly how we about? all look at it. But I'm thinking about getting a remote start for that reason, man, because it's nice. You lay in bed, you press the button, next thing you know, you get dressed, go to work. You're not like, fr- I hate that feeling of freezing and shaking while you're holding your steering wheel. Bad for the environment, but good for your personal environment. And buddy. that's all I need. That's all you need. That's all I need. I'm going to be selfish. Need. They say, uh, men's health does anyway, that casual hookups are not very taboo anymore. They say 35% of Americans have had a one-night stand. Liars. More than that, right? Yeah, I would think so. This is obviously some self-reporting. They were probably next to one of their partners. At least some of them were when answering the question and didn't want to look like they were dirty. Or being, you know, revisionist history when it comes to their past. I mean, like, I just feel... Don't get me wrong. There's going to be some people who have been in relationships forever, or there's going to be some people who just never had it happen for them. But at no point you had a one-night stand, took somebody home from the bar, only 35% of people. I, I don't buy that. I don't. Yeah, I don't buy that either. I um, Sorry, I'm taking an email from somebody else in the building about something very important. Yeah, I don't buy that. I think it's probably more people than that. Either that or maybe what's happening here, Fantone, and we'd have to le- at least leave the door open for this, is that you and I have had a little bit more of a liberal sexual past than some people. Oh, I 100% know that to be fact. But still, we're not talking about like... We're not saying like, yo, have you had X amount plus partners? No, this is a one night stand. I mean, I some people have people. a one night stand and don't realize they're having it. Exactly. They like think- some people go home with somebody thinking that this is going to be a thing. And then the other person's like, nope, this is tonight. And I guess maybe we're getting into what's the different definition of a one night stand. But to me, it's you meet the person that night, you have sex with that person that night and you no longer communicate with that person. Yeah, I, it's a one okay. and done. Okay. Yeah, so like that's that for me. Be, that, that could be meeting somebody at the bar, meeting somebody in like life in a situation, sure. or that could be a like you went on a date, you know, and that turned into sex and then that date never went anywhere else. I think that counts, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. One night stand is you had sex with somebody and you don't see them anymore. You don't interact with them anymore. You're not having sex with them anymore. And under my definition, I don't know how men's health would describe it. Okay. So let's say, you know, I don't know why I'm keeping this at the bar, but you meet somebody at the bar and you hook up with them and you continue to kind of have some sort of relationship, but a friendship, but not necessarily a relationship. Is that a one night stand or, or is, does it have to be? 
one and done. I'm sorry, run that by me one more time. If, if I still had a friendship, if I still had some sort of, if a coworker or something like that. So, you, uh, so, so set it up for me. You slip with somebody in this building. Right. You don't have sex with them anymore, but you're still friendly. But I still know them. I still. You two had a one night stand. Okay. okay. In my mind, right? Okay. I mean, you still had sex together. You yeah, know what I mean? It was a so, one off. It was, uh, and that was the end of our, our sexual relationship with each other. Okay. David tweets and says, some one night stands last three years long. Yeah, I know. I, I had one of those, too. And then here again, I love this. Look at the ratings, people. People don't want to be yelled at anymore, stands where he says, while yelling at me this morning. I apologize. I did. I probably probably got a little yelly this morning. I apologize on that. But here's why I'm bringing one night stands up. Right. They say that men, one in four of them, have had unprotected sex during a one night stand. Liars. Now, now. You think it's more now? Oh, for sure. I okay. Do. Now, see, yeah, put a pin in that because I agree with you on there. But, and maybe this is how I perceive the world, and I could be completely wrong on that, right? But this is just my feeling, is that I feel like men go into sex at night knowing it's a one-night stand more than women, right? Yeah. A woman's totally capable yeah. of having sex and then throwing you away just like a man will, but I think it's more likely that a man knows, yeah, I'm kind of lying here. I'm kind of allowing her to believe something that's true that's maybe not because I want to have sex, and you're going into it knowing that you want a one-night stand. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know what your intentions are there. You know of, like, is this going to, do I feel like this is going to be something or not? Now, of course, somebody can surprise you, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I actually like this person, but yeah, I would say at least... At least you, you, you have a point there. Yeah. I um, I don't understand what the idea or why you would think it was a good idea. If you're not going to use condoms, that's you do that with somebody you've had sex with a bunch of times that you feel like you know their history. But if you pick up somebody at a bar, male or woman, and you take, take them home at the end of the night and they have sex with you and they don't require you to wear protection... That should sound off alarms to you. But you're the same kind of person. I mean, that's the thing is you've got two people who aren't going to make you do it. You being one of them. And, and, and that's the thing is like you, you, you're already that kind of person. Now, don't get me wrong. I think sometimes there are going to be like, damn, that was a mistake. I can't believe I did that. But if you're the one in four that didn't wear a condom for that one night stand, you're that one in four every time that opportunity is available to you. As long as you don't have to, you won't do it. I'm just telling you, guys. If you take a woman home and it's a one night and you know, sometimes you both just know it's a one night stand, put a condom on. If she's not going to make you wear a condom and dude, and you're right, you're the same kind of person. You need to change your ways because you're going to end up with a disease. First of all, I think it's one out of four sexually active people have herpes. One out of four sexually active people. Right now, you're probably at, at work. One, two, three. Count around. There they are. And if you can't spot them, guess who it is? It's you. Right, a lot of people have herpes and never have breakouts. Like there's, dude, there's all kind of stuff that can happen in sex that people don't realize. What are you doing? Wrap it up. I, I mean, I guess if you're looking at this through the prism of like, well, if she makes me wear one, we already know who you are. Like that's already established. And like you have to make yourself wear one. That's the thing. Nobody, nobody's gonna like, nobody's gonna save your genitals for you. You have to be. I, and I, I guess I don't know. Because, I mean, there was times in my life I wasn't nearly as condom strict as I was at other times in my life. Um, but I don't know if that's a maturity thing. I don't know if that's a you've dealt with consequences and maybe hit that rock bottom before and I had to go get tested at the at the clinic or, or, oh, or, had, to, the worst. or had to deal with a child that, you know, you weren't planning on. And now, all of a sudden, you've I'm got, sorry, that's the worst. Well, I mean, now, all of a sudden, you're a dad and you've got to deal with, you know, a, uh. a kid and a baby mama that you just had no intentions on, 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 on knowing for the rest of 
of your life. No thanks. But like, if 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 you're like I said, if you're Sounds looking awful. at this, if you're looking at this as well, I have to. Dude, it's time for you to really reevaluate your sexual health. Well, I I think most people would rather have sex without condoms. Or it feels better, but like I don't uh, see. Okay, again, it does. There's no denying it, right? But it's not that much better where I'm going to risk my life over it. No, I mean, like you, that's my always been my thing. And you do have to think too that you know one of four people have herpes. But like we sit here in Stark County, Ohio, which is you know the ground zero for the for the heroin epidemic, for the opioid epidemic, and behind every heroin epidemic comes hepatitis and comes HIV because sure. you're sitting there injecting drugs, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And you can think to yourself, well, dude, this chick's not a heroin addict. Well, who's that chick slept with? You know what I mean? Number one, don't don't make the assumption that somebody's not on drugs. Like that's a terrible assumption to make. And number two, you we're finding that out here in this building right now. You have zero clue of what their sexual history is, what their partner's sexual history is. Like you, you just don't. So well, it, and again, a lot of people can't remember their own sexual history. Right. Uh, again, going back to drugs, there was a time where I was on some pretty hardcore drugs for like about a two year period. Now I wasn't. I, technically addicted but i was using way more than anybody should use hardcore drugs and people ask me about that time in my life i'm like yeah i don't remember that yeah i don't remember that and i know there were nights where i was hosting bar events and going home with people and honestly i could not pick them out of a lineup today so you're right you have no idea who people even if they have the best intentions to tell you who they are they're not remembering everybody and i'm just telling you dude i get why why condomless sex happens in a one-night stand is because a lot of times for a lot of people when you're having a one-night stand you know you're doing something that maybe that you shouldn't and it it adds to the danger of it and if you stop for a second to realize you should put protection on what happens there is both people kind of stop and go what am i doing right now why am i doing this right now and then sex doesn't happen so again you leave it up to the guy the guy's just like yeah let's just let's just start having sex before she thinks twice on this but i'm telling you man if you take somebody home and they're willing to sleep with you without a condom I would start looking the other way on that. Yeah, you got to have more responsibility. One in four, I think that number is way, way too low. It's probably closer to two to three to four uh, guys having sex without wearing a condom during a one-night stand. Kevin Durant has proved himself to be the cupcake everybody thinks he is. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. So if some idiot has smashed into you in traffic, get your car back to its original condition with North Canton Collision's state-of-the-art paint technology. And my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason are happy to take your call for a free no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171. Or you can find them on... 069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have breaking Benjamin tickets. We're going to pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. Kyrie Irving, buddy, my, uh, well, what was my favorite Cavalier, now a Boston Celtic, apparently did like an hour-long session on ESPN yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, they asked him what went into the decision to request a trade. Now, he had a very, very long answer, so I've highlighted a a portion of it that I find interesting says, I just wanted to be in an environment where I felt I could be taught every single day and have that demand from my coaching staff and have that demand from a franchise that would propel me to exceed my potential. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but this is a shot at the coaching staff and the organization of the Cleveland Cavs, is it not? Yeah, I mean, you know, you wouldn't be looking for something else if you felt content with what you had there. So, no, it definitely is. I don't understand... 
was he not being able to be taught every single day? I mean, I mean you don't think this coaching staff could teach you things, Kyrie? I, like, I don't get this. I haven't understood this since the since the initial like rumors of this all hit, and I don't think yesterday he did a very good job of clearing it up. And I think partially because he doesn't necessarily have a very good reason. I think that's what you saw, and I think you know. Obviously, radio personalities know about this. Like sometimes you you get caught talking about things that you're not necessarily you don't care about or you don't feel passionately about, but you feel like you have to. And that's when stupidity rolls out of your mouth. That's when it's like, dude, what are you even what are you even saying right now? And yesterday while I watched that, while I watched him and Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, dude, that's what I thought was that like this guy made a decision for no real reason and now he's up there trying to like spin it and justify it. I didn't get any clearer on it yesterday. You're right about that. They said that there's a perception you wanted your own team and didn't want to play second fiddle and part of his answer was the last person that everybody kind of forgot about was me I didn't say a damn word and so if I'm reading this right I didn't watch this whole thing yesterday because I find Stephen A. Smith to be wildly annoying but I um he's talented but he's annoying uh much like myself I would imagine a lot of you think but to me if I'm reading this right what Kyrie is saying here is that really wasn't it because dude people were paying attention to Kyrie Irving like that's not the issue am I reading that right I like I said, I, I I think you are. I just think that there's not much of a point there. Like that's that's the thing is you can look for the interpretation of this and what does he really mean and all this. I just don't think there's a lot of I don't think there's a lot of substance behind his statements. They asked him point blank, "Did you want to get away from LeBron?" It said he said Kyrie did. It's not really about wanting to or not wanting to. It's just became it, it just became how everybody turned this into a madness because it was myself and LeBron. If this were anybody else being traded, I don't think it would have been this big of a storyline. Well, I mean, I disagree. I disagree. You demanded out. It's not you didn't first of all, you didn't get traded. You demanded a trade. That's a very different thing than than a, than somebody being traded. And I mean from a national perspective, did this get blown up more because it's LeBron? Of yes, course it for did. Sure it of did. course it did. But if this would have just been like if, if the same predicament essentially would have happened on the Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta basketball media would be all over it. So it's not necessarily fair to say that like, well, just because it's him and LeBron. And you know, you look back at when the Cavaliers lost in the third Warriors versus Cavs finals and you know immediately after that you know Kyrie was just from you know from the from the from the post or from the podium down was just talking about like I can't wait to build this future you know we played so well together and like I can't wait for years to come of success so for six months later for this to be like well it wasn't about me and LeBron well then what was it about bro like make be clear here like say what you want to say this is your platform if you're just gonna dance around answers and you're just gonna give these like aloof like oh you know then what are you doing the interview for right nobody's making you go on first take or whatever that show is like nobody's making you do that just don't do the interview I, I mean I would imagine Danny Ainge the Celtics GM he does want you out there but if you're just going to continue to make it a story about you and the Cavs he doesn't want that right if you're going to be out there then you can talk Put about it to the bed. Boston Celtics and you can talk to the Boston media and you can do that can't wait but to like, play with Gordon Hayward it's going to be great right yeah. and, and, and but if, if you're just going to go out there and just throw these mysterious answers out there like what do you expect people, people are, aren't, aren't going to take them well it was really bad they asked him point blank again did you speak to LeBron uh, before making the trade demand, Kyrie says no. They ask him, well, of course, the obvious follow-up question is, well, why not? And his answer was, why would I have to? And again, that tells me everything I need to know about Kyrie Irving right there. 
And what do I always say? What do I always say about what my dad told me about being an adult? Being an adult is knowing you can do whatever you want, but doing what you should do anyway. And you don't have to tell them, Kyrie. You don't have to. But that's semantics. You should tell them. And that's what I think. He says, there is no time to figure out how to save someone else's feelings when ultimately you have to be selfish in figuring out what it is you want to do. Yes, you have to be selfish in figuring out what it is you want to do. You don't have to be selfish about how you go about doing it. And like... This is a partnership, right? But if I got another job opportunity, I the first person I would tell would be Fantone. Like, yo, dude, here's a heads up. Your life's about to change. Your life's about to get harder. And so I want you to know as early as humanly possible to where it won't negatively affect me and my opportunity, but you need to know. you got to respect the person that you're in the trenches with. No, I, I of course, 100% agree with that. I think there's probably a little bit of... There's still respect left in this situation. I just don't know if there is left in that situation. And it, it's like it's like a, it's like when you break up with somebody. I mean, you can either come to them and say, "Hey, this is what's happening. I, you know, we're no longer in love, or we're no longer, you know." Or you can go out and you can cheat on them. You know what I'm saying? And there's a right way to do it, and there's a wrong way to do it. And Kyrie just did this the wrong way. Asking what they what he's looking forward to most in Boston, he says, "I'm looking forward to becoming something that I've always envisioned myself being, and that's being a complete point guard on a great team." Well, you had a great team in the Cavaliers, and you could have been a point. Now, LeBron holds the ball a little bit. He controls the ball a little bit. Probably makes it difficult for a complete point guard. But at the end of the day, Kyrie took more shots more than, than like 98% of the players out there. He had the ability to be a point guard on this team. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's a, first of all, Kyrie Irving is never going to be a true-to-the-heart point guard. I mean, that's just not his skill set. That's not who he is. He's never going to turn into Chris Paul. He's never going to turn into John Stockton, nor should he want to. Like, take your strength. And play to those. I agree. I mean, like, you got to be who you are, right? And 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 there's there's no fault in that at all. I mean, that's what made him a great player is he knew what he was good at and he went out there and did it. Um, but to to put that to put that on the Cavs or LeBron playing point forward is that's ridiculous. That really is. They asked him flat out again, who's better, Kobe or LeBron? And Kyrie says, man, they're both up there. But in terms of who my favorite player is, my dad is first, and then Kobe would be my second. You know how I feel about that. And he is. He's a Kobe Bryant like Homer. He loves Kobe Bryant. But I think the world knows that LeBron James is a better basketball player than Kobe Bryant ended up being. Kobe Bryant's more accomplished, but you know LeBron, I think, is a better skilled basketball player. I think a guy on Twitter actually has this nailed. He says, well, first of all, Don says that interview was the best defensive Kyrie I've ever heard. Jeez. I thought he was crystal clear. I disagree, Don. I feel like he wasn't crystal clear, and I feel like Dan now is tweeting in and says this whole thing's about LeBron, about the chance LeBron leaves after this year, and Kyrie didn't want to be stuck playing on a sinking ship again. Now that I think is it. If you get a guy out there in a in an hour long TV interview and he doesn't answer the questions, in my opinion, clearly, I think it is. He doesn't know if LeBron's leaving for sure or not yet either. I think Fantone's probably got the best take on that, which is: is it possible LeBron goes? Yes, but he probably hasn't made up his mind yet. And I agree. I think this this year, I I think he's leaning that he's leaving, but this year, depending on what happens, could help him swing it one way or the other. But I think Kyrie didn't want to go out there and say on TV yesterday, you know what? I just thought at the end of the day, LeBron was going to leave too, so I figured I'd get out of here first. And I don't think he wanted to say that. I think Dan you know, who's tweeting that in is actually making a great point on that. And I think that that's maybe what this whole thing is about. But then what I would tell you to do is go and do a 10-minute segment on First Take. What are you doing there for an hour long and doing this whole thing? Because I just read this whole transcript and I'm more confused about why he did what he did than ever before. I didn't think it was clear at all, but maybe I'm misunderstanding something. There's a reboot coming to Netflix and people are all 
already pissed about it. We'll tell you what that's about next on Rock 106. Oh, you know what? I do have those Breaking Benjamin tickets. See, people thought I was going to forget. We did. I didn't. No, I did not forget. We'll send you to Breaking Benjamin. We'll take caller 15 right now at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to see Breaking Benjamin. And again, this reboot at Netflix has got people pissed off, and we'll tell you what's going on next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Still to come is New Tour Tuesday. You're getting new The Weeknd, new Montgomery Gentry, and new Royal Blood, a band that I actually like. I'm interested to hear this new song. Have not heard it yet. R.I.P. to Montgomery Gentry, right? Didn't one of those dudes die? Wasn't that the story? I thought it was one of their kids had died. Wasn't one of their kids? Yeah, I oh. think I think the one guy in the band, his son, uh, was it suicide or was it drug overdose? I don't know. But I no, thought... I think the band's fine. Okay. But one of the, I know one of the guys, his son passed away. Okay. Which is, is sad. Is Montgomery Gentry one of those like old country bands, or are they? They've like, been around country? a while. It's, I feel like I feel like they're both to me. Like maybe it was that '90s era of country where you you're didn't thinking know of what Big was. and Rich. Okay, that's who you're thinking of. I don't know. That's who you're thinking of is because that happens a lot. People will get them confused with like Big and Rich and you know the other like male male country duos. Right, Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn was another one. All right, dude. Which by the way, the Brooks and Dunn greatest hits record was really good. There it is. I had that back in the day. There that was is. really good. I might do old Tur Tuesday today. All Brooks and Dunn, uh, baby. Dude, one time. A little, dude, I got. We could do worse. Than yeah, Cook Brooks. Could. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Actually, I'm, I'm willing to bet we I believe have. we have. Yeah, I believe we have. And then locally, a rapper named CJ, who is a student at Project Rebuild with Fantone, and he he's claiming this song's not bad. No, dude, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't bring it, I wouldn't have brought it to the table if it was that bad. I've had, Dad, I've had, I've that's had, all I want. I've had students send me stuff in the past, and I'm like, nah, dude, I can't, I can't put this out for the world to consume. But it's pretty good, dude. I think you're gonna like it. The song's called um, Vent. Vent? Vent. All right, so he's getting some stuff off his chest, is he? That's what he's doing, man. That's nice. what he's doing. I'll give you the whole rundown of who CJ is and what his story is, too. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate So Netflix is reviving one of uh, the most popular American sitcoms ever, and they're okay. called Rebooting is when they do this, and people are already upset about it. And apparently Roseanne is going to be rebooted at Netflix for 2018. And... Dan Connor is going to be in the show, Roseanne's husband, and they had killed him off in the show, Yeah, and they're bringing him back from the dead. Now, that should be where people are losing their minds, but it isn't. A little bit of like, it's a work of fiction, and who cares? If it's, if it's really that big of a deal in Roseanne, like, I don't know, just suspend your disbelief and go with it, but how did he die? He died of a heart attack, and then they won the lottery or something like that on the, on the original Roseanne, so they're just going to be like, yeah. I wonder if they're just going to like address it, or it's just going to be like it never happened, and just keep going with the punches. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see that. Um... But why people are mad is One Million Moms, which is like an internet group, I guess, launched a Roseanne boycott of a show that's not out yet after a Fox News report that ran that one of Roseanne's grandchildren on the show, nine-year-old Mark Fantone, will be gender creative, is what it's called, Okay, and that he will display qualities of both male and female. Okay. 
One million moms asserts that the show promotes a transgender agenda. Now, I want to stop right here. <laughs> the transgender there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well played. I like All right. it. All right. This is what I need to know because I hear this a lot. Oh, they're shoving this transgender agenda down my throat. So if that's true, you will then be able to tell me what the transgender agenda is, right? Because when I ask people, okay, I I see what you're saying. It's popping up in more shows and more stuff. Fine. This and that. What's the agenda, though? And then people say, well, you know, Hollywood. Well, that's not that's not that's not that's not telling me what the agenda is. Okay, right. So if they're shoving this transgender agenda down my throat, I would know what the agenda is, and I don't. Yeah, you'd be able to clearly identify it and kind of be able to pull it out. Um, I'm sure what they're going to say, what One Million Moms or whatever that group's called is going to say is, well, their agenda is to normalize transsexuals, and at that point they will be able to, number one, convince more confused youth to be transgender um and number two they're going to bang your kids in the target bathroom it says here that one million moms asserts that the show promotes a transgender agenda and it calls gender fluidity a mental disorder on its site okay well that's an opinion that's not fact that that gender fluidity is a mental disorder that's not fact so we got to like pump the brakes on that um, and I guess at that point, the group adds that the sexualization and moral corruption of these children is child exploitation at its worst. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Roseanne got heat from people when it premiered the first time on the networks because of like the abruptness and the rudeness of her to her kids. And guess what? And it ended up being one of the most popular sitcoms and ran forever and made a bunch of money. And this that. So like I always saying about these boycotts it never works you end up only strengthening what you're boycotting it happens every time nobody's ever boycotted anything and destroyed it you only bolster it so stop 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 drawing so much attention to it you know what could possibly happen that roseanne could come out on netflix and half the country go yeah you know what i don't care because it's not the same right and they don't and maybe people didn't even wouldn't have even known about this transgender kid if if anything there's you know gender fluid or whatever the hell the right thing is to call it now there's been a a pushback when it comes to nostalgia stuff where it's like dude we're just rebooting everything and we're just yeah i mean if you don't draw attention to this yeah it comes out i mean just like i don't know there's that full house show that came out with a new thing and I think there was a couple other ones recently that have done it but none of those are like gangbusters success just let it come out choose not to watch it I mean that is your that is your voice that is your vote don't watch it don't don't participate in it and that's fine right and and change the channel and I I, I guess I just don't understand where your self-importance comes from that like you're not supporting of this is supposed to be news or is supposed to be a big deal like there's plenty of TV shows I don't watch and I don't view that as is a big deal for for any of them. Nobody, you're right. I don't right, care. Nobody cares. So, Fantone, you were right, and I was wrong. That Troy Gentry, a member of Montgomery Gentry, did die in the helicopter crash. R.I.P. See, because the other guy's son died. I think it was last year, Jeez. like in middle of last year. So, I just assumed that's what you were talking about. But apparently, there was a helicopter crash yeah. back early September on like the eighth or something, and the guy died. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought. I mean, I I'm not like a Montgomery Gentry, you know, like fan or enthusiast or anything. But I thought I saw something about it. It's R.I.P. to that dude. I did not know that. Thank you to the audience who were tweeting me these articles and showing me. I didn't know this because the other guy in the band, his son died. 
I think it was drug addiction that took his son. And like, because I, I heard the interview, he uh, he went on Bobby Bodes' show. Jeez. He did to talk about how his son died, and I had listened to that on, on the Bobby Cast. My company loves me right now for right. promoting like, like their biggest air talent they, that they have, the Bobby Show. Listen there. to it on iHeartRadio, and I listened to it, but I didn't hear about this at all. Wow. Wow, did I pick the right country band this week or what? So new Turd Tuesday from the grave today. Yeah, a little bit from the grave there, Troy Gentry there. So, yeah, I uh, I agree with you. I don't think this Roseanne thing is going to be that big of a deal. I think the show will just be like, eh, you know what I mean? Because resurrecting, trying to resurrect things from the dead doesn't always work. And I believe that Roseanne was like a flash in the pan. It was lightning in a bottle. And I'm not sure you are, are able to recreate that. I know we have a listener who's pretty excited to watch the new Will and Grace fail. And, uh, you know, I said dude, back in the day, Will and Grace was excellent because of how well it was written. That show was really well written. And the woman who played Karen was hysterical. I think Will and Grace is going to have a problem in today's marketplace because you cannot make the gay jokes that they made back in the day. You can't do it. Did the audience, the audience member is looking forward to it failing? Failing. Like he wants it to fail. Okay. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, listen, dude, like I said, there's plenty of TV shows I don't watch, but I'm not sitting around like, man, I really can't wait until the Big Bang Theory goes off the air. Like, I mean, it's a weird thing to hope for, right? Yeah, I, um, yeah, that, it's a weird thing to hope for. I, I think Will and Grace will have a hard time finding its place in this world, a harder time, because like you go back and watch those shows, and one of the guys who happened to be gay, the other guy wasn't, I forget which one was who, and or what their names were on the show, but like those guys would say jokes back and forth to one another that in today's day and age will not fly on network TV. It just won't. And so I worry that the show will have a hard time finding its place, because if you can't make the jokes that gay guys would make about one another on a TV screen because you're being wrong to it or whatever, I think they will have a problem finding their place on that. But that show, historically, had been really well written and the woman who played Karen always really really made me laugh I was actually a pretty big Will and Grace fan but again I don't have a problem with gay people being on TV well because they're in my world so why shouldn't they be on TV let me get this straight they get to live they get to go to work with me side by side but I can't watch them on television makes absolutely no sense to me turns out there's only four different types of Facebook users We'll find out which one you are next on the Stansberry Show. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 9 Nine o'clock is new to Tuesday. New the weekend, new Montgomery Gentry, and new Royal Blood. We found out, or at least I did, I didn't know that one of the guys in Montgomery Gentry had died. I knew the other guy's son had died, and I thought that's what Fantone was referring to, but apparently this was earlier this month. There was a helicopter accident. The guy died. I, I didn't hear about this. I don't know if it was Montgomery or Gentry, but... It was Troy Gentry. All right, one of those dudes, R.I.P. Coming from the grave. New music. Eddie Montgomery seems to be the more... Like vocal guy in the band, as okay. far as like like the singer goes. Okay, he's the Daryl Hall to his John Oates. I there. believe that's the way it works. But again, I could be wrong about that. All right. I was gonna say a little Paul Simon to the to the Garfunkel there, but who knows? Maybe we're wrong. There. I've made plenty of mistakes this morning. I had slated Roseanne to be at Netflix, which originally they had talked about that, but apparently no, it's going to be a mid season put on at ABC, its original network. So I've been wrong about a lot this morning. So I guess. <laughs> I mean, I could I could be wrong about that as well. Johnny Manziel coming back to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, watch that happen, right? Watch that happen. Apparently, according to a study, there are only four different kind of Facebook user, and this makes sense because I've read books that have said there's only seven kinds of personality in the world. There's only seven different people in the world, and so if that's true, 
then I don't. Uh, then I could see it easily being that there's only four different types of people on Facebook and the way you use it. And I mean, for for as much time as we spend on it and as much importance that we put on it, dude, there's not that much to do on Facebook. It really isn't. It's not like there's just like you know a million different things on that website that make it a a the phenomena that it is. It's like all right, you go through your timeline and you see what a couple of people have to say or what articles they shared or what pictures they put up, but like. That's it. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think there's only four types because, I mean, it's just not it's not that deep of a website. Window shoppers is one of them. And those are they they feel socially obliged to be on Facebook much. Uh, they say their motivation isn't to inform the planet about the latest in global affairs or hot button issues. Rather, they drift from page to page and merely observe the behaviors, posts and digital lives of others. They're a bit like um, like window shoppers in stores. And they like the idea of circling it, thinking about buying it, but they're not going to be a you know they're not going to be a consumer themselves. Um, I I think that's probably a good way to be on Facebook. I like to think that that's how I live my Facebook life for the most part is like just reading mode as opposed to posting mode. You're happier when you do that. I um oh actually no I'm sorry I have that flipped. I find I'm happier when I post and don't read. I find when I, dude when if I read social media is when I get angry and mad. But when I just like post about what I'm doing, I'm like you know, and then stay away from it, that I'm happier. Um, to me, it's I, I I always just view it as it's a decent way to get a pulse of the nation, a decent way to kind of see what people are thinking and what they're saying. So like, as long as I'm not involved in it, I'd much rather just read. I guess you are right though that you know if it's something on absorbing your everybody else is right, crazy, right? Like just honestly, you. sometimes just makes me want to pull my fingernails out. Like it just you. drives me nuts. The selfie is another Facebook personality, one of the four types of Facebook users. This is you know pretty self-explanatory there. It's all about self-promotion, right? Snapping your pics um, and putting out this image of your life of how great it is, whether that's the truth or not. They use Facebook to present an image of themselves that they like versus whether or not it's actual reality. I feel like this is a lot of people on Facebook. Oh, it's probably the primary user, I would assume. Um, See, I don't necessarily... A lot of people have a problem with the idea of, well, you're just making your life look great when it's really not that great. But isn't that kind of what the public domain is? Like, I I understand that... That's why you smile at work and say good morning to everybody when you feel like crying and punching everyone. And why once upon a time... Like, you know, right. we put on a pair of pants to go out into the world and you didn't just walk out there in your underwears because like, yes, once we go into the public domain, put your best foot th- forward, there are pleasantries and there are a little bit of like, well, we don't do you know laundry in public. Some guy sent me a message a while ago and was like, man, you and your girlfriend just seem so happy. And I'm like, well, it's not this all the time. It's not always like taking pictures and stuff. But the last thing I would want to do is to like fight on Facebook. I feel like that's the most like trashy thing in the world to do is like you and your significant other like bitching at each other and stuff. Like what do you guys like I understand when people break up and they kind of talk trash. I I I don't think you should do it. I've been guilty of it, but I understand that. But if you're still in the relationship and you guys are slamming each other on Facebook, that to me does seem weird. Yeah, it's it's trashy, dude. It's like fighting in Walmart. Would you? I mean, would you just? And I guess people there's more than enough people. Yeah, I was gonna say will, but I'm not one of them, dude. I can't I can't live that life. No, I'd rather wait until we get in the car and then we'll have a knock them out, drag them out fight when it's just you and I. That way, nobody calls the cops. Nobody, you know what I mean? Nothing crazy happens. Yeah, I saw a guy yesterday on Facebook call his baby mama the c word. Ugh. And I was like, dude, your kids are going to read that. 
Like, yeah, come on, right? Dude, like, come on. You can't undermine the other parent that way. And if you're going to talk like that on Facebook, you're talking like that in, in front of, in your, front kid. of your kids. And sure in front you of her, dude. Come right. on, guys. That word shouldn't be anywhere near your kids. So there's the selfie, right? And uh, that's the personality. I think that's a lot of people. Another one of these Facebook personalities, there's only four, is the relationship builder, they say. Now, they're a little bit different. They use Facebook often enough to post things, respond to other people, engage in debates, conversations, and they try to build connections online, either by making new friends or keeping in touch with the friends that they've already had. For these people, Facebook, they say, is an extension of their real life, and it's a way to digitize empathy okay. for themselves and I, or, or for you know, other situations. I don't know. I don't know a lot of them. I mean, I, 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 as well, some people do, you know, stay connected with people in their lives, whether it's family or friends that are, you know, long, long forgotten. But like, I, that's not me. And I don't go in there. I certainly don't go in there like trying to engage people in their opinions and like, well, let's talk about all this. No, I, that's not, that's not where I'm at with Facebook. So the last Facebook personality type are the town criers. And it says, these people, instead of focusing on their lives or the lives of their friends and families or people close to them, then posting about personal matters, they see themselves as a source of news. They share articles, comment on current events, and announce oh. major events to the world as soon as they possibly can. Those are the town criers. All right. So I'm going to speak to you, the town crier out there. You're not a source of news. By the way, if you're pressing share on Facebook, most people on Facebook have already seen it. We deal with this in the radio business all the time, right? Like we, we now have a program called Social Flow that takes our digital content and posts it to our social media accounts. And Fantone and I will be the first ones to tell you. Every day we open up our Twitter and we're like, I've seen this 9,000 times already. Why are we still posting this? But by the time you open up Facebook and press share, people who are really addicted to Facebook have already seen the article and chosen either to read it or not to read it. The town crier is probably my least favorite person on Facebook. Now, that's a little bit, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here a little bit because I do show prep with Facebook quite a bit. Because I, my feeling is if a lot of you are posting the same article, you care. Right. That's showing me that you care about it. And so I'm like, all right, I don't care about this, but the show's not for me. It's for the people who listen. So make a side note here. Maybe we talk about this. But the town criers are the Facebook profile people that I find I think are doing the most harm than good, because a lot of these people, again, are what we always talk about. You're sharing this article without reading it. And you're passing yourself off as wildly educated in something that if I was really sit down with you and ask you 20 minutes worth of questions, I'm going to find out that you're not. And that's not just you. It's me. It's Fantone. It's everybody. It's who we all are. But people are starting to use Facebook as this. If you don't agree with me, you're an idiot platform, much like I was talking about with, uh, with Stephen Colbert. Like his delivery is all wrong. It's all wrong. It's not about being inclusive. It's not about trying to win people over with intelligent arguments. It's about shaming them into feeling like an idiot because they disagree with him. That's the wrong way to go. And the town criers are very much the same way on Facebook. And I find it to be honestly a little annoying. And a lot of me just wishes that this industry that I work in was very, very different. Like it used to be when I first got in, which is nobody cares about any of this stuff. Just talk to me about interesting things. Don't post about this. Don't shove this in my, I do the the social media thing is reaching, honestly, it's breaking point with me, and I want to run the complete opposite way from it. I just can't. My job requires me to be close to it, and I really, really, really wish that it did not. I took a few weeks 
or a few, about a week and a half off of the Florida files. I felt like, you know what, the hurricane pretty much pounded Florida. But there's a hero in Florida that did something, and it needs to be looked at because, honestly, I want to do this so bad. I'll tell you what that is next on Rock 106. On Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock is New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new The weekend, new Montgomery Gentry, new Royal Blood. And then locally, a rapper named CJ. Now, Montgomery Gentry is just going to be Montgomery now because Gentry no longer with us. I did not know about that. R.I.P., dude. Man, what a bunch of tragedies hit that band. I know the other guy's son died. Had a child that died. Like, jeez. You said Gentry was the one that died? Troy Gentry. Troy Gentry was the one that died. So, Montgomery, dude, solo album coming out. This is what most duo artists are dreaming about. Like, dude, if I could just drop this other idiot, cut the dead weight over here. Which, I mean, Troy Gentry was pretty much just a guitar player. <laughs> I, from what I understand, I could be wrong about that one, too. The movie It is now officially the highest earning September release ever. I got to see this movie. I, I want to see it. I, I tried. I actually used my bootleg, like my jailbroken fire stick to try to like find the old one, the original. Yeah. It didn't have it. Really? No, it didn't have it. I'm surprised. I thought that was the thing. I thought you could find anything on those things. Nah, dude. It's got, there has to be a stream of it up. Okay. But I, I would have thought now, given the hype on the new one, somebody would have d- taken the time and done that. Right. If this was two years ago and you tried to find it, then it'd be like, well, of course not, idiot. But like, I no, I, I totally would think there would be a stream of it up. Yeah, I would have thought that. But I, um, but I want to see, I want to see them both, to be honest honest with you but uh I, people keep talking to me about this movie and i feel like an idiot because i don't i don't I, I don't remember the first one at all like i don't so i don't know anything um i think you're going to be well served in that i think you should just go in there blindside and just like just let it happen just see the new one because what's going to happen is you're going to you're going to watch the original and either a you're going to hate it or b you're going to love it and then you're going to have to compare and contrast you know the new to the old and i feel like that's just going to ruin the experience just go see the new one the one knock that i've heard is that they tried to make the claim and this new one looks scary where in the old one he didn't look scary you could just tell it was like a man who had like reached his breaking point and like broke and like did it and I, I, I agree I think it's more creepy if the clown doesn't look like you tried to make him look creepy and he just broke bad and went nuts. Okay. You know what I mean? I okay. agree with that, but I'm interested to see this movie. need to see it. I've taken some time off from the Florida Files because I felt like it was, you know, a little disrespectful to bag on Florida while they were, you know, trying to rebuild their houses. Yeah, they've gone through tough times down there. But something happened in a local Waffle House in Florida that led to an arrest of a 28-year-old man, and I've wanted to do this my entire life. All right. Get arrested okay. at a waffle. <laughs> okay. here, well, that here too. We go. Here that we go. too. According to the sheriff's office, he was walking through the restaurant, this man was, 28-year-old in Florida, and he took a piece of bacon off a stranger's plate and then turned, look at her, and ate it. Jeez. And then the victim, using that word loosely, that term loosely, told him he needed to replace the bacon, and he demanded more food. She then asked him, get away from my table. He refuses. A couple of other patrons step in and defend her. And then he like got physical with them, which he shouldn't do. And he was then since arrested. But the idea of walking through a restaurant and taking food off a stranger's plate and walking out is something I have fantasized about my whole life. Now, I'm just going to flip it on you there. Is imagine that happening to you. I would not be happy. Well, of course not. But I'm, a, I'm the perfect case study for why I want to do this. Okay. Because as angry as I would be, I wouldn't do anything. I would just be like, I would be stuck in the moment of, well, what do I do now? I, I think most people, especially since it's not a dangerous situation or anything like that, you know, either, either it's either flight, freeze, or flight, flight, or freeze. And I think most people would freeze in that moment of For just sure. like, what did you just do? 
Um, but I don't know, dude. If somebody takes a piece of bacon off, you're not saying something. I think you. Are. No, I don't. I don't think I do. I think I look at the person I'm having breakfast with, and we'll start eating their food. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I say, like, what do I like? What do you do? Like, what's proper protocol? Like, you're not gonna run out in the parking lot and wrestle your piece of bacon back from no, the guy. No, no. There's no. There's no getting that property back. But still, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think you would just sit there and take it. I don't think. I. I'm not a. I'm not a. Create confrontation, guy. Where where confrontation does not need to be had. I think there's no confrontation needed to be had there. There's totally time for it. Yeah, I mean the thing about me, dude, is that I got a debit card. I'll, you know what I mean. I'll get more bacon. I don't know if somebody, dude, if you're crazy enough to grab food off of a plate. Now I did do this once. One time I did this, and it wasn't my idea. Okay. I again, I was talking the other day about how hard it used to be to get in the radio business. Like I was hazed pretty heavily while while trying to get into the radio business. I had to get on my knees and sing the morning show with guys' wives. I had to uh, do they put me in a sumo suit and hit golf balls at me? Uh, and then the one time, like oh, I had to sing. I had to sing. Uh, I touched myself by the divinals to a bar full of people during karaoke. Like there was a little bit of hazing that had to go on, so the staff knew. Yeah, you're one of us. You deserve to be here. You belong here. You're of like mind. We want the same people at this radio station. You're one of us. And that's how you got in. And one of the things I had to do, and I'll never forget, it was Seth the Barbarian and I. And he made me walk through. It was, I believe it was like the Quaker Steak and Lube location there in Valley View. And I had to take like a chicken wing off of somebody's plate. And I did do that. But I had never done it for like myself. And I didn't eat it. I threw it away right away. And I was like terrified of the situation. Thought I was going to be like fired and like let go and arrested over a chicken wing. (laughs) But like the amount of time, like I have thoughts like this all the time. Like when I see people eating outside like of a restaurant, I just want to flip your plates over. Like I don't know why. You've done nothing to me. I'm sure you're a decent person, but there's something in my brain that says, disrupt their happy moment. Like, I, I there's something about that that just makes me want to flip plates over. I want to eat pancakes off your plate. I just, I want to disturb you. Well, luckily, you have the audio version of that plate flipping available to you every morning. I do. Like, I do. You've never wanted to do that to somebody? No, never once have I been like, you know what I should do is just go create chaos in the middle of a restaurant. The I, amount I, of times not. I'm in a restaurant, and I, because Phantom will tell you, I get order envy like nobody's business. Like it, that's why I oh if you watch me order, I always want to order last. Well, at least that makes sense. I can understand why you see somebody else's food come out and think, "Oh, I wish I would have ordered that." That's fundamentally different than walking up to people that you're not dining with and flipping their plates. The over. amount of times I have to like tell myself in my head, "Do not turn, take that sandwich off that plate and have a bite of it." <laughs> Like there, there's part of me that's like, dude, I just want to take a bite and put it back. And be like, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I didn't order that. <laughs> I just, it's the curiosity of whether or not it's delicious just gets to me so much. Like I'm telling, yeah, I, all right. So yeah, by the end of this week, I'm taking food off of somebody's plate. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm glad we have gold set. All where, right, where do you think a good place to do that is? Like, what's the fastest restaurant to walk through? <laughs> I, yeah, I was gonna say, what are you doing? Are you trying to make a quick getaway, or like you sitting down and eating it? Yeah. No, no, no. I uh, no. I'm gonna be on the run. I was gonna say. I mean, I, I I would think that someplace with a with multiple exits, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to scout this out, dude. I don't just want you going into a random restaurant. Like, all right, here we go. I, th- I think there's a fire exit in my 
near future. I, I, you're going to hear an alarm go off, and there's just going to be some fat dude running through the parking lot, two fists of bacon in his hands. That just sounds like a fantastic afternoon, man. Bacon you didn't pay for? Dude, food you don't pay for is always more delicious. I salute this guy in Florida. Just whatever you do, don't do it to my place. I would be so mad if this happened. But I'm too much of a coward. I would never step up. I would never get into a fight over food taken off my plate. Now, I will tell you, like, if I'm on a date... And like a girl like takes her fork and puts it across the table and like takes things off my plate. I do not like that. You ask me first. Yeah. I don't like yeah. that. Especially like if it's a first date. I mean, like, yeah, you don't want to just cross that. It line. always reminds me of that friends episode. Joey doesn't share food. And that's how I feel about it, dude. I don't I'm not big into the sharing of the food. I don't want to do that. We'll start New Tour Tuesday. That's next on Rock 1069. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend Pigs. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 1069. Top of the pops. So we have the weekend here, which I got to admit, like, I thought this kid was going to be a bigger deal than he ended up being. It seems like he had that one breakout record. And then after that, it's just kind of been ho hum from there. And uh, his new song is called Die for You. Find a ways to articulate the feeling I'm going through. I just can't say I don't love you. Cause I love you. Yeah, it's hard for me to communicate the thoughts that I hold. But tonight I'm gonna let you know. Let me tell the truth. Baby, let me tell the truth. He's obviously a talented yeah. singer. But I couldn't do an album of this. Not of this. You know, just this like... No, like he... And again, I was way wrong on him. I thought his biggest song would be that In the Night song because it was like a little bit of a more of like a like a club type like you know up tempo record and i thought for sure that was going to be his biggest hit but it honestly it flamed out thinking see it in your eyes you hate that you want me hate it when you cry you're scared to be lonely especially in the night i'm scared that i'll miss you happens every time i don't want this feeling i can't afford love i try to find results to pull us apart it ain't working because you're perfect and i know that you're worth it i can't walk away Should be good, but yeah, there was a big pay or a big build up there, and you'd like for it to pay off. But. Yeah, it just felt like that payoff was going to be massive there, and it's a little lackluster. I kind of want him to do an entire album of Michael Jackson covers. Like, I feel like if he did, like, the Michael Jackson's number one albums and then redid them, like, that would be a cool project. As a guy who's, like, a little conflicted about Michael being played on the radio still, that'd be a cool project. Well, yeah, I've definitely looked at The weekend as, like, all right, well, I don't want to listen to a child molester so I can listen to The weekend instead of and kind of get your Michael Jackson fix there. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, would that be any better? You know what I'm saying? Like, a bunch of Michael Jackson covers? Isn't nah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. But I, I, I think it would be an interesting listen, and I think he could update a lot of that stuff and make it sound great. Even 
there's not enough context in it. Like it's just flat and the same all the way through. Like there's no changes. There's no like uh, you know movement in anything. And uh, yeah, this is not the best offering from the weekend. I know nostalgia is his thing. Sounds like you're listening to Michael, but like I'm, I've heard all the Michael Jackson songs. I've heard all the Prince songs. I I've heard all the Roger and Zap songs. Like I I don't know if I need more of it. I want him to do Dirty Diana so bad. Yeah, like I think he would make a great version of Dirty Diana. his like was that song i can't feel my face right correct which was like the big smash out hit like yeah. when that song broke i thought okay this kid's probably the next thing like he's pro and then i heard the follow-ups which was like in the night and then there was like another thing that eminem did like a verse on and i was like all right this is obviously like the next guy and then the next album came out and it was like oh no big swing and a miss Start now if you want. I don't think it would have saved it, but like, get a rapper in here, bro. Right? I mean, we don't need three and a half. I feel like we say that a lot for the top 40 records these days, which I guess is pointing out that, dude, that format is kind of getting stale. Yeah, he needed a lot more going on there than that. Uh, that's brand new stuff from the weekend. Phantom, give me the vote there, buddy. It's a turn. Um, there were redeeming parts of that song. I didn't feel like I hated the beat. I didn't feel like I hated the chorus. Everything just felt so uninspired. Like everything just felt very much like it was a paint by numbers. And I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure this was a song that was written by somebody else, presented to him, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, dude, I'll record I'll it." I'll sing it. And it just, it yeah, just, it felt really, really flat there. So now I'm gonna say it's a turd. I agree. I feel like it's um it, it, it felt very like yeah let's just go into the basement and i'll record a song who cares i don't really it, I, it, this isn't my passion project i'll right. just sing this and i think it was very obvious yeah i'm gonna vote turd on that one it's a turd we have the new montgomery gentry and unfortunately i just found out this morning i didn't know about this troy gentry has died in a helicopter accident so we have their new song it's called better me you'll hear that next on rock 106.9 Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruitcakes. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9.
106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for Stark County's largest pre-owned auto dealership. That's the Wakeham Auto Family. If you're thinking about heading into this winter season without reliable transportation, I think you need to have your head checked. Could you imagine breaking down on 77, freezing cold, two degrees, everybody whipping by you at 70 miles per hour, probably screaming out the window, yelling at you, learning every new swear word there is. That sounds horrific. There's no reason for you to go through that. As a matter of fact, you can start to look through Wakeham's massive pre-owned inventory right now at their website, which is Wakeham.com. That's W-A-I-K-E-M.com. You'll see there are over 500 pre-owned vehicles for you to choose from. So no matter what it is you're looking for, make, model, price range, the Wakeham Auto family has it. Now, if you're worried about your credit, like a lot of people are when they start thinking about making a major purchase, don't be. The Wakeham Auto family is smart. They know there's people like me who have good jobs, make decent money, but have had some negative credit issues, and that's why they deal with over 30 different lenders so they can get you financed on the car that you want. Do not head into the winter season without... I want to see that. We have your country song of the week. This is New Montgomery Gentry, who is, uh, well, unfortunately had a little bit of a tragedy as Troy Gentry passed away in a helicopter accident. I didn't know that. No, I, uh, I, I was worried I was wrong. I was like, damn it, did I get this wrong? Because but... I knew like the other guy, his kid died because, dude, he did all the rounds. He did Bobby's show. He did Howard's show. Like He did a bunch of shows after his kid died. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe that's what you're referencing because I didn't know his son's name. And turns out, no, it's actually one of the guys in the band, Troy Gentry, has died. And we have their new song called Better Me. Now, you know how they'll you know, pour a 40 out for their homies that they've lost? Is there a country equivalent to that? I think you, like, kick the dip cup over. Oh, okay, just knock it over. Yeah, you just knock it over. All right. Come on. I'm getting older. Finding myself and God getting a little bit closer. I'm sober. I'm a little less reckless. Because you're tired, not because you want to be less reckless. It's because, dude, 8.30 gets here, and you're like, God damn it. I just said, dude, I can't even keep my eyes open. I like how we all pat ourselves on the back for that. Like, you raise health throughout your 20s, and then you're in your mid-30s all of a sudden, and you're like, you know, I think I've become a better man. And it's like, no, you haven't. You're tired. You don't have any money. Writes a song in his mid-40s talking about how he's grown up, and we're supposed to be like, well, way to go, buddy. Glad you made it. A little bit closer. I'm sober. I'm a little less reckless, a little less wild card, breaking hearts kind of senseless. Yeah, I'm coming around. Come out. I might cuss and fight, tell a few lies, break a few rules, making promises I can't keep. Those are all awful things. Six of them right in a row there. Right. <laughs> no, I'm a better person. That's me. Those are all. Those are all awful things that you should try to correct as well. They all do this. They all do this. Like Colt Ford had the working on song. Toby Keith had the as good as I once was right. song. Tim McGraw had the, you know, I, I, I forget the name of it, but the whole like, I, I'm better than I used to be. Better than I used to be. Is, I think right. the name of the song. <laughs> there it is. Like they all do this. Um, You know, and I understand it because you, you should be better as you age. I mean, maturity is a thing. And you I, think I, you'd be better. I, yeah. I, I think you would be. Um, But it gets back into that, into that virtue signaling where it's like, dude, we get it. You're a great person. 
person now. You don't have to jam it down my throat making me feel like crap because I'm still, you know, living that wild lifestyle. Exactly. They say I'm sorry. Sometimes it's the hardest part to tell somebody. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. Now, is he trying to get his ex-wife back or something in this song? Because that's often something we do as men is like, girl breaks your heart, you know, she leaves sure. you, she, she cheats you, you know, with your brother or whatever, and you end up like, no, look at me, I'm a better person than I was back then, you know, I'm taking things seriously, I pay my bills on time, so I wonder if this is a personal, like, hey, I'm trying to get my wife back, or... I don't know, yeah, I don't I don't know, I'm being told by the audience, this is actually Troy singing this. Okay. Yeah, is that the one that died? Yeah. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, been I guess they kind of split the vocals. I just maybe it's Eddie stuff that I that I like more. Maybe that's all the only Montgomery Gentry stuff I listen to. Maybe that's what it is. For a country singer, he's got a pretty good voice. Yeah, I mean, they're both all right. Yeah, I mean they're okay. why that works is every year every couple of years your audience gets a little bit older and they're like yeah you know what you're right i am i'm not doing that anymore i'm doing this now a baby changes everything and then five years later it's like oh well they're going to school and yeah of course you have to you got to keep it now my daughter's getting married in my backyard right get state farm out here filming the commercial (laughs) i'll cry while we're dancing Dudes sound very '90s country to me. Oh yeah, they don't sound. Like, I would agree. They don't sound like bro country. They don't sound like Luke Bryan to me. But they don't sound like old country either. They sound right in that '90s. You know. Yeah. The what I call the diving board of bro country. Okay. Like the Kenny Chesneys yep. of the world. These guys, the Brooks and Dunn, who were kind of like the bridge between old and what is now. Garth is kind of where yes. where, where it sounds to me. Garth is like the king of that. Every word, get them right. sit in your rocking chair going over like your life and how you need to improve you get that you get that copenhagen in there and that'll help that'll help you figure it out fanto give me the vote there on new montgomery gentry better me 
Eh, it's half a turn. Um, not a particularly a great song, but I think that um, it's good enough, and the uh, the message resonates enough, and the guy just died, so I think you got a hit record there. But it's going to be a little bit of well, he died. And that's why it gets credit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you take away the fact that he died. That song's a turn. I'm voting turn. It's a turn. I'm right there in the wheelhouse of that song. Of like, dude, you kind of like, you're starting to get your life figured out, starting to realize, dude, maybe the things that I said I didn't want my whole life, maybe I do want, and maybe all these things, and like, and I was sitting here like, oh my God, wrap this up. Oh my God. You know what, what I mean? What are we doing? Because like all those other songs that I listed about the very same thing, I like all those, and I didn't like this, so I, I feel like that is a turd record there out of Montgomery Gentry. I hate to say that about a guy who just tragically died, but the song's not good, song's not good. We have New Royal Blood, is a band I like, I'm interested to hear this new track. And then we have a local rapper by the name of CJ. We'll play both of those next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for North Canton Collision. The folks you call if you've been in a collision, big or small. So if some idiot has smashed into you in traffic, get your car back to its original condition with North Canton Collision's state-of-the-art paint technology. And my buddies Jeff, Alex, Woody, or Jason are happy to take your call for a free no-cost estimate at 330-499-5171. Or you can find them online. It's the worst movie ever. And people, and then the article says like people are mad that the movie got made and got released, but I don't know what the movie's about. I don't know why people are upset. Like, I don't know. And everything I read on it, nobody ever tells me. Nobody ever tells you what the movie's about. They just, you know, quote Lucille from Texas who hated it. Do you, uh, do you, I mean, do you want to see this? Is this well, why, I mean, is this so why you're so like, I mean, it, it, I feel like it's partially my job to make sure that I, to be sure that I'm seeing and viewing things that the American public is talking about. Okay. That's why I want to see it so bad. Okay. And it's like, I don't care about seeing this, this stuff at all, but people are talking about it and I kind of view it as, like when Narcos was like the big thing, I was like, all right, we'll go home and watch it. Everybody's talking about it. You sound like an idiot if you don't know what they're talking about. And so, like, I wanted to be, but like, I've read now seven articles over the last two days about this mother movie and why everybody hates it, but yet nobody's willing to tell me what the movie's about or why it's so audacious and brave. Like, I don't, I don't see it. So if somebody can help me figure that out, it would be greatly appreciated. Now nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday, we have a band here I like, and I loved their first record, and I haven't heard much of this second record, but they were great while opening up the other night for Queens of the Stone Age at the Agora. This is Royal Blood and their new song, I Only Lie When I Love You. I like the distortion, the dirtiness of it. They're very, yeah, I like all that. That that whole that whole like grimy sound and rock music. Like I'm a big Queens of the Stone Age fan. Um, I really like the Eagles of Death Metal. I was a Caius fan. You give me anything that sounds like that, and I'm a, I'm all into it. I don't love his voice, so it's interesting, but oh, see, I like him. I, 
I just like it, dude, because it doesn't sound like Breaking Benjamin. It doesn't sound like Seether. It doesn't sound paint by numbers. Here's what the rock uh, record label thinks, you know, guys in black t-shirts want. It doesn't sound like that. not a hit record. I'll say that. Not every song has to be a hit record. No. I mean, no, that, that, that's, no. that's not the indicator of whether it's good or not. But I'm probably more likely to enjoy it if you're not trying to make paint my number hit records. Me personally. Their first record was so good. For a long time, I thought they were the same band as Royal Bliss, but I was wrong. I don't know them. But I always like this kind of stuff, like the hives and all that stuff. Like, I liked all that stuff. I'm into that. Yeah, it's throwbacky without being nostalgic. It's right. Just, it doesn't sound like... It necessarily, you it's know, back to the roots right. without trying to just make a copy of that. They're just cool. Like without trying to be cool, they're yeah. just they just have like a cool feel. Phantom, give me the vote there on Royal Blood. Eh, it's half a turn. Um, I, I think it was a cool song. I um, I definitely can give those dudes a shot. Definitely not a hit record, but at the not same time, record. it's not a hit band, so I don't know if that necessarily matters. I will say I did not love the singer. I, I'll, I'll I'll have to give that another shot and see if maybe on other songs it's not exactly that. I didn't like it as much as I liked the stuff off their first record, um, and I could see how his voice could annoy people. It doesn't annoy me, but I could definitely see how it could annoy somebody else. Kind of grates on you. Yeah, I could see how that could happen. I'm a big fan of the band, though, but I, I do feel like it did not stack up with the stuff off their first record, so I'm going to vote half a turd on that as well. <laughs> it's half a turd. Still a pretty good band. They had the worst merch I've ever seen. Really? I, oh, yeah. The merch the other night was terrible. <laughs> well, um, give me an example. I mean, it was just a plain black t-shirt with... 
and just said Royal Blood in very thin font. Like you could tell the record label's like, ah, yeah, you see, let, let's see first whether or not people are into you before we start pumping money into a bunch of product. You could definitely tell that. And now locally, we have a rapper here who is uh, apparently a student over at Project Rebuild where Fantone uh, lends some of his time. And uh, this is a rapper named CJ. Yes, the dude's name is CJ, spelled C I J. AI, so you just you know, easier to find them on Google oh, that way instead oh, of just oh. googling CJ. Oh, there. oh, nice. Uh, what's the name of the song? Uh, the song's called Vent, and I mean, I think you can kind of take from the title of uh, what he's kind of trying to do here. But um, you know, dude's been through a lot. There's no question about it. Um, and he's uh, he's really made a lot of strides recently. He told me the song's a couple of years old, and there'll be at least one reference in there where you're like, oh, well, that's a couple of years old. But nonetheless, dude, he sent it to me. I was thoroughly impressed, and uh, here it is. All right. Yeah. And I just need to vent. Yeah. And I just need to vent. Yeah. And I just need to vent. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to vent for a minute. Is there anybody listening? My whole city's dying and that's steam in front of violence, man. And my soul's crying four years without a visit in. Courtney doing life for a murder that he did not commit. And this might sound crazy, but the girl I want to have my baby just had a baby. And I'm sick, but this music is my antidote. If I can go back in time, there's some things that I'd emit. See, honestly... I don't want no sympathy. I just want to feel the role with music like a symphony. I, I know that beat. Like right? Not that I'm aware of, but I like, mean, like, well, dude, a lot of rap guys do that. Like, they'll just like they'll borrow established beats and mix them in with their stuff. And I don't know what the legality is of that are yeah, in the rap scene. When you're a SoundCloud rapper, I think CJ's gonna be all right. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if Puff is like searching them down. All right, right. Well, fair point there. I just want to feel the role with music like a symphony. I ain't being cocky, but I feel like the guineas envy me and niggas they snitching, and that's something I can never be. No, it can't be a snitch. Hear that one there? Saying something's bull, he ain't talking about D-Rose. That was, uh, that was the uh, reference. He's uh, Cavalier now. Uh, CJ, you might have to rework that uh, one. Yeah, 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 I gotta reword that one now. Or you gotta reword that one. So free me again, I'm in though. I'm speaking from the heart, and it's the realest bitch I ever wrote. So Cause my thoughts getting crazy and my heart's getting cold for sure. I just need Ooh, to get somebody to sing that hook there, CJ. Sing that hook. Listen to my story, oh. I just need to vent for a minute. Is there anybody listening? I just need to vent for a minute. Is there anybody listening? I just need to vent for a minute. This is pain with a purpose. And life up to saw so no one ever dies a virgin. Wish we can go back to the times when life had a purpose. It's just babies having babies. And that's just ever deserving and I'm hurting for real. Cause my pops was never there for me. And so my mom's was dad, so she taught me everything. When I look back on life, I swear the bitch should be scaring me. Cause you don't know values of a moment till it's a memory. Vent. I hope y'all feeling what I'm saying, Lord protect me from my friends, cause I feel like they be faking, and I'm feeling so real, pardon me for being bleak, cause when words seem to fail, music always gon' speak, and prison is hell, so we always feel the heat, and I'm feeling amazing, somebody yell preach, preach, damn I did it again, everybody want me to lose, because I'm destined to win, some call it fish in the blues, cause I'm confessing my sins, and I'ma always be me in the end, and I just need to win. Local rapper CJ. Song's called Vent. 
Cause my thoughts getting crazy and my heart's getting cold for sure. I just need to move. Vin, 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 vin. I just need to vent for a minute. Shh, it's my time to talk. We all can't be street, that's why they made the sidewalks. And when you got a team, sometimes you gotta pass the ball. You say Like that one? I don't I don't know if liked it was the was the right term. But we all can't be street, that's why they have sidewalks. I we like all it. can't be street, that's why they made the sidewalks. And when you got a team, sometimes you gotta pass the ball. You say you down for your team, sometimes you gotta take the fall. And that's exactly what I'm gonna do. And I was taught that if you pull your gun, then it's supposed to shoot. People tell lies in their lines, and I'm all true. I was taught to get it out the mud, that's what I'm gonna do. Cause everybody got their hands out, but mine stay in my pocket. I ain't never need a hand. Out. I like that he's more socially conscious and talking about his environment versus just like, hey, I'm gonna sell a bunch of these drugs and like, you know, spend it on hoes. Um, and dude, like I said, I mean, this kid's certainly been through a lot, and I don't mean to say kid, I mean, this student has certainly been through a lot more than I have, I feel like, in my life, and the fact that he is, and especially at this point in his life, I mean, three years ago, I don't know where exactly he was, but I'm gonna tell you right now, it wasn't somewhere positive, so the fact that he was kind of able to spin this into that, it is admirable. Man, no. So let me take you with me, and I'ma tell you right now, Canton City ain't pretty, and I'ma take y'all to a block, where I started with pennies, and put your feet in my socks, and let you walk, it ain't easy, I need to vent. Now you can keep your socks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll walk down short, dude, but I'll do them in my shoes and socks. There's new uh, there's new music from CJ there, local rapper. Fanton, I feel like I already know what your vote's going to be, but go ahead and make it official for me. Not a turd! Um, it's tough to be a local rapper. It is. I mean, it's not a, uh, you know, what do I want to say? Exactly the most respectable world. I feel like plenty of, of, of people send their crap in and are like, yeah, man, it's good, it's good, and it's absolutely terrible. Um, even aside from the fact that I have some association with this student, um, he, dude, put forth a pretty good rap song there, and I'm going to say not a turd. I like the fact that it's socially conscious. I think he needs to get somebody else to sing the hook because singing is a completely different art form than rapping. Um, I'm going to vote half a turd on that one. <laughs> it's half a turd. I, I didn't love it. It wasn't like, oh, okay, yeah, man, this, we found a guy. I don't feel like that was it, but it was definitely better than a lot of stuff that gets sent in for New Turd Tuesday in the local submission, which, by the way, you can send it in. Stansbury at WRQK.com. Include a short little bio on the band, group, rapper, whatever it happens to be. Make sure the song's radio edited. You hear there, CJ went through the effort to make sure you know he edited out the stuff that you know didn't need to be aired on the radio. Good job, CJ. And we, we appreciate him for it. I, uh, I do need to make this announcement to you, the listener, yeah. that normally the podcast is put up immediately after the show. That is going to be a little bit delayed today. It won't be a little bit, little bit later this afternoon. I have a meeting that I have to be in at 11 o'clock, and it requires me to leave out here actually like right about now to be uh, able to make it in time. So I will stop back here to the radio station after that is wrapped up and done, and we will get the podcast up uh, for you there. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9.